that's England. England at last. English history. England into a European Championship final for the very first time. And for the first time since the Queen shook hands with Bobby Moore, Wembley will host its own nation at the climax of a major tournament. Welcome, sports fans, to the Shoot Your Thought podcast with your hosts, Josh Sanger and Neil Rampersod. Hello, good morning, and welcome to the Shoot Your Thought podcast. Harry motherfucking Kane. Harry Kane. Oh my goodness. Harry Kane, Raheem Sterling, Jack Grealish, like everyone. Let's let's just Phil give it up. Foden Phil the, Foden. Like, with the fucking weird ass hairstyle. With the weird ass Justin Bieber hairstyle. It's uh yeah, wow. It's a good day to be an England fan, Neil. Did you what what are your thoughts on that game? Just initial thoughts going into it as uh uh non-supporter of both teams it's a goddamn roller coaster of emotion that entire game seriously england does that to you though man they you know they play with your heartstrings after going down one nil to denmark they stormed back to tie the game and that was the first goal they conceded in the entire tournament you know what though like i I want i just want to give a shout out to the the danish goaltender schmeichel Jesus fuck Casper that guy! Schmeichel, yeah. Like he stood on his goddamn head. Like where is he playing? Like professionally right now? He plays for Leicester. He plays for Leicester. Mm-hmm. He he's the reason. Well, one of the reasons they won the Premier League that that crazy year where they just took everyone. He's crazy. Sport. Like he he deserves some accolades during this run that Denmark has gone on. Hundred percent. That save that he made against, we were just talking about, that save that he made against Raheem Sterling. Against a for sure goal. Like, that was that was in. Everyone knew that was going in. Just all Sterling to had ke- to do was... To keep a lead, nonetheless. You know what I mean? Like, that... I don't know. He he did what he could. You know, the Danish did what they could to, to stay in this game. And yeah. even when they took a 1-0 lead, like, there were moments where they could have easily gone up by two and sealed the, <laughs> sealed the fate of the, the English um in this euro cup but uh here we are talking about the english coming back england they were it was okay so the way they were playing denmark started off the game with such a strong formation and it was back and forth back and forth even though england on paper is the stronger team um it did not look like that in the first in the opening opening moments of the game um but then you know as soon as england went down which Let's talk about that free kick because, oh, my God, that was that deserves all the praise. Like, even as an England fan, you look at that free kick and you're thinking, holy shit, that was nice. Yeah. Like, I hate that we're down, but, like, even as, yeah, as I was watching the game, I was just like, holy shit. Like, wow. But uh, I knew. Mikael Damsgaard. Fucking ridiculous free kick. Yeah. Um, after that, though, I knew that England was going to have to change up their game plan from every the way they played every other game in this tournament. Um, you know, they they had never been down. They have never had to. They've never trailed in the tournament, so this they had to switch it up, and they switched it up. They were all over Denmark. They were in their end the entire game. It wasn't until um, England scored that penalty. Um, well saved the penalty and then scored on the on open play technically 
but it wasn't until Harry Kane scored that goal where Denmark actually started showing signs of life and like trying to come back into it. First ever Euro finals for England. First ever. First ever. I mean, it's wild. Yeah. They won the World Cup in the 60s, but yeah. <laughs> that's when it's like the Leafs. That's a long that's like a long time ago. It's before like the Leafs. before we talk about the actual final coming up this Sunday against Italy. Mm-hmm. I just want to bring up I know what you're going to bring up. You know what I'm bringing up. Plus, I a little incident that happened, you know, in extra time, you know, this this game could have went either way. You know, Denmark had some spurts where, you know, they caught the English back for, you know, relaxing a little too much. And, you know, Denmark had, had its chances. They just couldn't bury. But, you know, on the flip side, a very controversial penalty called. Even the commentators were like, that's not a penalty. That cannot be a penalty. Why is this a penalty? You know, it, and even to this moment right now, when we're talking about the next day, I personally don't think it's a penalty. I do think England deserved to win this game, but I don't think that was a penalty. Like, I think Raheem Sterling went down on his own. I don't think he was, there was much contact there, but again, we can talk about this until fucking. <laughs> um, as an England fan, um, yeah, as an England fan, I that is not a penalty. It's not. It's not a penalty. It's not. What there was, okay, so I will say there was contact. Raheem Sterling, like take away who he is as a player. He goes down very easily all the time. That's who Raheem Sterling is. But there was contact. However, the contact that the penalty was called for, there was nothing there. Raheem Sterling was already going down. There was a little bit of a shove, not really. I, I don't even want to say shove. I want to say there there was contact between two players. If Raheem Sterling stayed up, that's not a penalty, obviously. Uh, but he was going down, and then you know there was a, a maybe a breeze by another player, and that was deemed good enough to be a penalty. However, I will say that the officiating in this game, and I don't say this often, but the officiating in this game was not good. It was horrible because there were penalties that were missed on both sides throughout the game. Harry Kane, um, there was a clear foul on Harry Kane in the box. He was legit tripped and pushed to the ground, and there was no call on it. There was absolutely nothing. So I'm just like... And sometimes the, sometimes the officials do this in games where like they know they missed a clear penalty, and they'll call something pretty, pretty not clear in the following moments. And I think that might've been what happened here. Mm-hmm. Like we, we've seen it in the NHL this year where uh, a referee actually got caught for saying it on a mic that he was, uh, well, I don't remember what he said, but he wanted to, he wanted to give Columbus like a call early so that they, you know, they, he could get that out of the way or something like that. But he eventually, that official got fired and this you know, official should be fired. This official should be fired. Yeah, there like, was a there was a lot that was missed. Yeah, I don't understand. Like it was all over Twitter. Like Twitter was going crazy after this incident, and rightfully so. You know, I don't understand how you can go to VAR and VAR still doesn't recognize that there was very minimal contact. Why even have VAR? Yeah, VAR is you know is like there. It just, it's such a fucking joke. Like I think you know the fact that you know this referee allowed England three opportunities to score after six minutes of added extra time. You know, like that itself showed his weakness to referee such a big occasion. You know, like 
not to mention like the fact that he couldn't call that a foul on Harry Kane, where you're just talking about, and could call this a penalty. There were times when the commentators were like, I can't believe he's not giving a yellow I card for that. I can't believe, yeah, that wasn't a yellow card, yeah. Because, you know, I forget who the player was, but he was, like, blatantly holding on to mm-hmm. an England player's shirt. It was and Harry Maguire, yeah. It was Harry Maguire. And, like, the commentators were going nuts because this referee had no idea what he was doing. He couldn't make correct calls. And the calls that he were making were, were questionable at best. So, I mean, the fact that... I just hope that this referee that refereed the semifinals will not be part of the the finals because it will be a joke if he is. Yeah, I mean, like, taking nothing away from the game itself, like, it was the result at the end of the game was the result that should have been, you know, it should have been 2-1. But, yeah, no, the the officiating was very very questionable as as the game went on. And VAR is there to, to help with these mistakes, right? Like, that's the whole reason VAR came into play in the first place is that referees were missing things or referees were making the wrong calls and VAR is supposed to fix this. And, yes, even as an England fan, that Raheem Sterling foul should not have been a penalty. But there should have been other penalties throughout the game. But that's neither here nor there now because England is facing Italy in the final this Sunday. What are your predictions for that game? Well, I'm going to read out um, a Twitter, you know, a Twitter. It's called a tweet, Neil. It's called a tweet. <laughs> I'm going to read out a tweet here uh, from Marco who tweets. Try not to get too upset about this one. Who's Marco? Who's this? Is this a Marco, random? this is just a random okay. person named Marco okay. on, on Twitter. Go for it. Marco tweets. England have been lucky since the start. Good Lord. Last night's penalty was an absolute joke. The only reason England have a half chance on Sunday <laughs> is that it will be played at Wembley. Any other stadium and Italy will be dishing out a total lesson in football. Oh my God. Wow. How does that it's, make you feel, Josh? I mean, this is, it's, I knew this was going to happen. I, I have a lot of uh, Italian friends. Um, and on Instagram, they're, they're already talking shit. They're already yeah. like, that the only yeah they're saying exactly that the only reason England has a chance on Sunday is because it's going to be played at Wembley. There's still going to be like half Italian fans there. It's still going to be half and half. They legit they allocate a certain amount of tickets for Italy fans. But anyways, um, it's are are we forgetting that England eliminated Germany from this Euro Cup? The Giants, the German Giants, and what was the final score of that game? 2-0. Thank you very much. Italy didn't even make the last World Cup. Italy, you're trying your best to become relevant again. Yeah, you made it to the Euro final, but you're going to get your ass kicked by England. That's what's going to happen. England have a better team. Italy, you're inexperienced. You have, yeah, you have Kalani, who's old as fuck, and I can't believe he's still playing. He didn't even take part in the penalty shootout because he's old as fuck. Am I sensing a little bit of emotion coming out of uh, your... Oh, you're going to... Yeah, you're going to sense a lot of emotion in this episode and the next because we're going to be talking about the results of, you know, England winning. I'm going to take this soundbite and I'm going to put it in that episode too. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for this game. I'm very excited to... I have... Okay, so I have reservations at a couple places to watch this game on, on Sunday. Just like, you know, I'm going to feel it out. But um, well, there's going to be Italian fans there, obviously, because I made a reservation in Little Italy. 
and that's the person that I am. But you know, drunk Josh is gonna be is gonna be loud. He's gonna be proud, and it's gonna be fun. Just gonna put it out there that we may not have an episode for the next <laughs> several weeks until someone bails Josh out of jail. <laughs> no, it's gonna be all for fun. There's gonna there's obviously gonna be shit talking, and there there has been shit talking, but it's it's all for fun. I I was I was serving the other day on the patio during the Italy Spain game. And I made some I made some Italian friends. I, I actually like spent a lot of time at some some tables where they were watching the game and um you know I, I straight up told them like listen I'm an England fan but I'm I'm with you guys today, like let's do this. And the fact that it went to a penalty shootout and the fact that this game yesterday almost went to a penalty shootout, like I was I was feeling the same kind of same kind of pressure. Do you think do you think England has any I mean, we saw the game and, you know, we saw Denmark put up a great showing and almost won this game. Do you think England has any v- visible weaknesses going in against Italy that they need to, you know, try and try and fix before they get into this game? Um, their midfield looked a little shaky. I think um, in terms of striking power, they've got it. Like, they've got... They have some players that they didn't, like world-class strikers that they didn't even use in that game yesterday like they they have marcus rashford who didn't even see a minute in that game like they've got some talent on the bench mm-hmm. um they've got some talents on the bench they've got some talents in the starting lineup like raheem sterling is as much as i hate him during the premier league he's one of the best players he's one of the best wingers in the world right now and the speed that he has, like, no one can catch him. He just, he walks around everyone. The weakness, like you like you said, is, yeah, it's their midfield right now. And even, like, that's me searching for weakness. Because this team is a very strong team. And they look strong even against Denmark. The only reason it wasn't 5-1, 6-1 was Kasper Schmeichel. That's true. You know, Schmeichel did stand on his head. Yeah, and but their midfield is the only thing that I would I would try and tighten up. But um, they've got a really strong back four. The, the like the only time they conceded a goal was from a set piece in this entire tournament. Yeah, like I that thought, goes to show how strong their back four is. I thought Pickford made some silly mistakes as well. Pickford like, always makes silly mistakes. He's a you know like historically England has struggled with their goaltending and if Pickford can't be a solid piece back there and makes smart decisions it'll it'll burn them yeah yeah you know, so. he's he's always been yeah I, I personally I I think there were better options for England to pick as their as their keeper um that might be just my bias towards Jordan Pickford um mm-hmm. but uh yeah I know Luke Shaw is playing some of the best football I've ever seen from crazy Luke Shaw. right now Luke Shaw after, you know, being injured for many of the past few years has really turned it around this year and really is the reason England is where they are right yeah, now. Yeah, two years ago, he broke his leg. Yeah. In, in a very, like, horrifying tackle. Like, he, yeah, he plays for Manchester United and in the Europa League, I believe, he broke his leg. Yeah. But he's he's playing some of the best football I've ever seen from Luke Shaw. And to have him, to have him and Raheem Sterling on the same wing... That's just like that's an unstoppable pair. Like that's yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited for this game on on Sunday. I think both teams looked a little shaky in the semifinal. 
I think, yes, Spain is a really good team, but Italy should have should have put that away before extra time. I mean, they shouldn't have given up that late goal like against uh, against Spain. They just they had many chances to score a second and really put it away, but yeah. you know they gave it away. Yeah, you know, both. not to not to say Spain, you know, Spain, Germany, these two teams here did not come into this tournament as favorites. You know, we knew they would go far. We knew they'd put up some solid competition, but they're in transition periods. You know, Spain like, and Germany. You Spain and Germany. Mm-hmm. You know, they're two teams who you look at and and you don't see evident star power on their team. Or if they do have stars, they were stars. They're no longer stars. They're not game breaking stars that they used to be. You know, Fair, like yeah. Muller is not a game breaking star anymore. Look at Italy. Like they aren't powerhouses, you know, amongst any team. England is an up and coming team. They have a bright future ahead of them. They have a lot of great young players. You know, look at Saka, yeah. who's eighteen, I believe, right? Yeah. You know, he he stood he he stood out in that game yesterday, you know, before he was subbed off. Like he was really making some solid plays. He's the reason they got that first goal. Yeah. With that amazing cross, right? I will I will interrupt and say that England does have a bright future, yes. But their time to win is right now. Like in the yeah. World Cup, when they made it farther than people thought they were gonna make it, they made it to the semifinals and ended up losing against Croatia. That was when we could say England has a really bright future and we can feel good about this team going forward. No one expected them to make it as far as they did. However, now you look at this team and the time to win is right now. This yeah. is this is their time to win. And anything short of that will be a failure. Um but yeah. All right, shall we move on? Let's move on to the NBA Finals. The Milwaukee Bucks versus the Phoenix Suns. Game one, CP3, DeAndre Ayton. I don't think anyone in Canada is really paying attention to this finals. You know, like they're... I don't know. No one really... Who At the beginning of the season, did anyone, even when that James Harden <laughs> trade was made, did anyone expect... Have the Phoenix have Suns. The Phoenix Suns and, and the Milwaukee... Well, Milwaukee, perhaps. Milwaukee yeah. was a favorite coming out of the East. Yeah. But even when, you know, Brooklyn went out and made that splash and landed James Harden, everyone kind of looked at Milwaukee as, you know, like a second or third option, you know. So Phoenix came out of nowhere. But, you know, same way the Raptors capitalized with everything else happening in the league, Phoenix made it to the finals. They're now up one game to nothing against Milwaukee, who surprisingly had Giannis back in the lineup. Yeah, it's... Giannis, I think Giannis wants this so bad that there was no way he was going to miss game one of the NBA Finals. This is his first NBA Finals. Like, you look at him holding the Eastern Conference trophy in... There's that one picture in of him in the locker room and just him holding it. Like, the satisfaction on his face and the smile on his face. There was no way he was missing game one of this. And he's not healthy. Don't get me wrong. He's He's not... If you saw the way his leg, he, the way he landed on his leg during that injury, like he he is not 100%. There are some quotes from Giannis. Giannis said, quote, I thought I would be out for a year. It was tough. Obviously, I had to do my best to get back. Listen to, any me- listen to my medical staff. I did the right treatment, took care of my body and supported my teammates, and now I'm back. Dude, that was like five days ago. He said he couldn't walk. He said his knee was double the size. Yeah. That was five days ago. Like he thought he was going to be done for a year. We thought he was going to be done for a year. Okay, but the we fact thought it was at least an MCL, yeah, an ACL, yeah. some sort of CL. 
all the calls we've made i made the joke yeah. already uh but yeah no and him playing in this nba finals could result in him having to have off-season surgery because of this like we've seen this how many times when players play past their injury and then they have to have surgery in the offseason if Giannis, do, if they don't win the championship in this finals and Giannis has to you know have surgery and then he's out for half of next season like i don't know it, it's a trade-off that i think yeah, I don't know. Giannis wants this so bad, and he, I think he thought about this trade-off, and I think he's he's playing nonetheless. You know, it doesn't matter if <laughs> half-assed Giannis, half one-legged Giannis yeah. is still better than no Giannis. But even a one-legged Giannis, even if they have him, they're still going to get cooked by the Suns, as we saw in Game 1. You think so, eh? CP3, man. Cooked by the Suns. Did you just come up with that? Did you even mean to say that? Is they're going to get cooked by the Suns? They're going to get cooked by the Suns. They're going to get burnt by the Suns. Yeah. Uh, CP3, Chris Paul, man. I think he wants this more than Giannis does. Chris Paul's like 39 years old. You know, like he's... I actually don't know how old he is, but he's old as fuck. He's, it seems like he's been around for ages. And all he did in his first ever finals appearance was put up 30 points and nine assists. I mean, he's the first player since Michael Jordan did it in 1991 in his debut to put up 30 and eight. First player, you know, and... He's the point god. He's the point god. You know, he's... I, we talked about him earlier um, in this postseason saying that, you know, he's had success everywhere he's been. He's never had playoff success like this. Yeah. You know, he's never had a roster similar to what he has right now. You know, he has a former first-rounder in Aiden. He has a bona fide scorer in Booker. He has a shut-down D-man. You know, like, he has everything he needs around him. You know, this is a very well-rounded Suns team. Rightfully so. They finished second overall in the regular season. But if he doesn't win now, old man CP3 is never going to win. No. You know, this is, this is his window. You say Giannis <laughs> wants it so bad... Chris Chris Paul needs it so bad right now. Yeah, you're not wrong. I th- I think the man is out here on fucking insurance commercials. <laughs> he needs it. He he needs it. Yes, and I think yeah, he needs this. Giannis wants it. Yeah, that's a good way to to go about it. I think I think most people most people I've talked to are cheering for. The Suns in this series. You got a guy named Michael Bridges who spells his name M I K A L. He's waiting for the C. He's waiting for the chip to put the C <laughs> oh in his my name. God. He, he's wow. purposely incorrectly spelling his name until he gets that C. And then he's going to put the C he's in there. He's going to put the right? C in his name. Yeah. Wow. All right. I'll let you have that one then. Uh, he's he's going to change a K to C H for chip. Good God. You're still going with that joke, eh? Yeah, you sip my your cow, coffee. My cow, my cow, Bridges. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. Uh, how many games do you see this NBA final going to? Well, game two is tonight. It all depends on what happens in tonight's game. If, you know, miraculously we can see another solid performance from the Bucks and from Giannis. I think, you know, if they can even out this series in Phoenix and they may have a shot at, at extending the series. But if the, if Phoenix wins tonight, I think the series is over. I hate predicting this shit because I've been so wrong in the past, <laughs> especially with, you know, the Suns and with Utah and 
the Clippers. Let's not forget my bashing of Paul George, and then he turns around and goes and off. He turns around. Um, I mean, uh, they didn't make the finals, though. So I think you know Giannis being injured and playing injured is obviously an X factor. So I yeah. mean, what happens in tonight's game is crucial. What do you think happens here tonight? I think it's going to go six games. I think, yeah, I think it's going to go six games. I think the Bucks are going to pull out two, but they're going to be very close games. And then it's it's going to be ended by Phoenix in six games. I almost want the Bucks to lose. Like, I want them to lose. Not because I want to see CP3 win a title, because, you know, I'd like to see him win a title. But I'd like to see Giannis lose. I, I want to see Giannis lose more than I want to see Chris Paul. I want to see Giannis lose and then turn it around on the franchise and say, hey, fuck this franchise. No Get way. me out of here. No way. Trade me to the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> <laughs> yes, everyone in Toronto was hoping for that outcome, Neil. But <laughs> Hey, no. one can hope, right? And you only got to gotta make the right moves to do that, yeah. right? And the first move is the Bucks losing. If they didn't make the finals this year, I think Giannis... It would be a different story. I think Giannis would want would want out, but they did make the finals, and so even with the in injured Giannis, they made the finals. And so I, I think it's a different story if if they lose this. I think he's like, okay, this is the team I want to stick with because we obviously just made the finals. They they beat Brooklyn. I mean, Brooklyn. Don't get me wrong; like Brooklyn wasn't one hundred percent, but they beat them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. Should we move on to the the big match this Saturday? UFC. Big match coming up this year. UFC 264 at T-Mobile Arena. Wow. That's Why a- is that relevant? Well, it's a trilogy fight. Headliner, Poirier and McGregor. Did you just make the promo for this yourself? <laughs> yeah. Fucking cut the check here. I'm promoing this. Cut the this. check. Where's Dana White when you need him? Yeah, seriously. Uh, who needs this win more? Who needs it more? Who needs I think it more? Poirier needs it more. You think so? Eh? I think I, I think Poirier needs it more. If Poirier doesn't win this this fight against uh, McGregor this Saturday, he's not ever going to be respected in this weight class. You know what I mean? And you know, he lost the first fight. He dominated McGregor in the last fight. McGregor even said that he was looking past him. You know, he had like. He had no idea that, you know, Poirier had been training for this long. And if you date back to 2019, McGregor's been in the UFC for a total of like eight minutes. Eight minutes in total fights. Whether he's won the fight or he's lost the fight, like he's he has like so much ring rust. And you saw it in that fight. Wondered what the fuck was going on with McGregor. It wasn't the old McGregor that we saw. McGregor's been doing these you know, off boxing matches that he's been doing. He's been doing a lot of shit talking outside of the fight. Let's not forget he's a very rich man right now and doesn't need to be fighting. That has something to do with it as well. He's living very lavishly. He's got his own whiskey. Like he knows he's got his own goddamn whiskey. He knows what he's doing, yeah. He's a businessman now more than he is a he's a fighter. He's doing this for the the payout. But you know, he's he's a great promoter. He's saying this is what he said. He says, I'm coming in to kill this man. I'm coming in with vicious intent here. Mortar shots. What else can I say? That's the way it is. I'm looking to take this man out cold. That's what he said. Again, with the promo voice there, Neil. Um, I'm going to disagree with you. I think McGregor... I got shivers when I, when I just read <laughs> When God, you read fuck. that. I got scared. <laughs> uh, I think McGregor needs this win more than Poirier does. I think McGregor's legacy 
will be hurt if he loses this this trilogy. It was hurt when he lost to Khabib. Um, that was a, that was a big you know, and I think the reason he wants to fight him again is to to reclaim that part of his legacy. Um, it's not going to happen. I don't think that Khabib McGregor fight is ever going to happen, um, based off of what went down after that fight. Um, but yeah, no, I think McGregor's legacy will be hurt if he doesn't beat Poirier here. The way he lost to Poirier in the second fight of this trilogy, I don't want to say embarrassing, but I also don't want to not say embarrassing. I think McGregor needs to win this fight. I think this is going to be a really good fight. You know, both both competitors. This is the second time they're fighting in six months. Yeah. You know, and I think since losing that fight, I think, um, you know, like McGregor really, ba- he badly injured his leg, right? So he had to be out a, a minimum of certain months to, to recover and train. We're going to see a really good fight here. You know, Poirier looked really prepared. He fought really well in that last fight. I think this could go either way again. But, you know, for McGregor, even Dana White saying if McGregor wins this fight and he wins a title again in this division, he will be the best ever in this weight class. So, again, a lot is riding on McGregor's performance here, and I think he knows that. And I think McGregor, being the fighter he is and historically what we've seen, he wants to be the best. He wants to be the best at everything, you know? So. I think this means a lot to him. But again, Poirier has been doing this for a very long time. He can't be taken lightly. Mm-hmm. And he's got a strong right hand, as we saw. He is also... Like, McGregor's a, a two-faced person. Like, McGregor knows how to promote a fight, and he also knows how to be humble, mm-hmm. for the most part. I mean, he's still an asshole, but... Um, yeah, no, so he's he's really good at promoting this fight. And I think if he loses this fight, we'll see a very different mcgregor in the in the post-match conference Mm -hmm. press conference yeah i think so um but either way there's going to be a winner of this trilogy and we're going to talk about it next week on on next week's episode uh should we talk about the nhl oh boy the nhl last time of the season well unless there's like trades in the offseason but yeah the tampa bay lightning Neil with the promos today. <laughs> Go fuck yourself, Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they got one game out of it, which is if you go back to what I predicted in this series, Montreal was going to get one game and Tampa was going to be ended in five, which they did last night. The Tampa Bay Lightning have won their second Stanley Cup in a row. Don't get me wrong. I fucking hate Tampa Bay, too. I no, hate I both of these teams. I, I'm trying to decide who I hate more. I think the post-game press conference with Nikita Kucherov made me hate Tampa, I think, more than Montreal right now. I think. Should we play that soundbite? Play that soundbite? I, I thought this to. was hilarious. All right. Here it is. I'm so happy we... <laughs> I didn't want to go back to Montreal, but they acted, the fans in Montreal, come on. They acted like they won the Stanley Cup last game. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? John Romano, they, Tampa they, Bay Times. Their final was last, last series. Okay. What are your thoughts on that one, Neil? I, <laughs> I hate Kucherov too, you know, like, but this was actually hilarious. You know what I mean? He's going to lose a lot of respect for this. Because of, you know, him saying what he said. 
He's already hated on the ice because of what he does and how he terrorizes the league. I don't think I think this might be the first time I've ever actually heard him speak. I was gonna say, you know, yeah. I don't think you you're not used to to seeing, uh, you know, a lot come out of him in in post game press conferences, you know. So this is actually the first time I'm actually hearing him speak in a presser, but, you know, I I actually have a bit of a beef with with this, you know, and let's hear it. He's not used to he, Tampa Bay is not a hockey city. I don't give a shit what anyone says. I'm actually like really glad that Montreal was celebrating like that because they were in the finals. They were the 16th ranked team coming into the playoffs. Yep. You know, I give them a hard time because of what they did to to our Leafs, but the Leafs, the Leafs. I've never heard of them. The Le- are they from Toronto? Yeah. Oh, okay. Might have to watch them. Uh, anyways, go on. But you know, like if a fan base is proud to win a game in the finals in overtime. They're going to celebrate heavily. Of course. In Tampa Bay, they might be used to people, you know, sitting in the stands on their phones, not really giving a shit about what's happening on the ice. Very, you know, you know, very non-dramatic in their celebration. Very timid. You know, that's probably what they're used to in Tampa Bay. Look at the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. You know, Tampa Bay Rays in baseball. No one even shows up to the games. I don't even think, you know, they sell out in Tampa Bay for hockey, you know, and they made it to the world series and it's still I'm pretty sure so it still wasn't I'm, full. Yeah. I'm thinking Kucherov, these comments stem from playing in such a, you know, a quiet arena that's sold out every night, you know, versus an arena that has 2,500 that goes crazy. You know, I'm thinking these comments that he's saying, he's not used to actually seeing a fan base that's excited when a team wins. You know, so, you know, good for him to have have fun after winning the cup. But come on, man, you're used to a bandwagon city where teams or where your fan base doesn't give a shit about if you win or lose. 100%. The only reason you have fans this year is because you won the Stanley Cup last year and people are jumping on that bandwagon. Yeah. They, these The fans that are celebrating with you last night are the fans that jumped on the bandwagon last season. Like, and what was the point of that comment? Like, who, like, you're not trying to, like, set up the next game. Like, the, the series is over. Why do you have to make that comment? Are you that hurt by the fact that, you know, you you didn't sweep this series, that you have to make that comment? I mean, he did spew a little bit of truth, but he didn't need to, he didn't need to take a shot after they won. Yeah, that's like, the you're thing. Right. Like, yeah. And I, like you said, we're just so used to such boring post-game interviews from any NHL player, not just Kucherov. But like, when was the last time you you saw something like this in a post-game press conference from a, from an NHL player? Probably the last time they they won, and they you you have to get alcohol in an NHL player before you before you get something interesting, something worth noting from a post-game mm-hmm. press conference. Like, I, I don't even think you should interview players after games because there's no fucking point. They all say the same shit. Yeah. You got Vasilevsky who won the Conn Smythe. Did you see his comments? Did you see Kucherov's comments about Vasilevsky? No. So Vasilevsky basically said, he said that, you know, Vasilevsky's the MVP. He basically threw some shade on who was actually announced as the, as the uh, Vesna winner this year. He said they gave it to whatever the guy in Vegas' name is. 
Like, did, did yeah. you honestly say that? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is wrong with this guy? He said last year they gave it to somebody else in the league who was Hellebuck. Yeah. And he said that's, quote unquote, number one bullshit. Number one bullshit. <laughs> Wait, Kucherov said this or Vasilevsky said this? Kucherov said this. Okay. Does wow. Kucherov actually not know Fleury's name? <laughs> it's that guy in Vegas. I mean, no. I, I'm pretty sure he knows his name. But, yeah. Kucherov, how many games of this regular season did you play, sir? How many games? Oh, sorry. Zero? Zero. How many of these games were you probably healthy for? Most of them? Most of them. You came back for game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. You know who I actually envy the most out of these two Stanley Cup wins? is Curtis McElhinney, the backup goaltender of the Tampa Bay Lightning. He Why is that know, Because <laughs> he got I, away from the Leafs? Is that what you're going to say? I here? envy him because, you know, he in all 32 wins that Vasilevsky had over last year's playoffs and this year's playoffs, Curtis McElhinney never saw so much as a minute of ice time and has two rings. And has two rings. Fucking Curtis McElhinney. And also escaped the clutches of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like that. Yeah. He might be a top 10 Leafs goalie of all time. <laughs> Curtis McElhinney. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he has more Stanley Cups than anyone <laughs> in most recent years from the Leafs. So probably right. Greatest backup goaltender of all time. Yeah. Curtis McElhinney. This, um, this series, though, this series finally is over. Everyone in Canada, besides everyone in Quebec, is just happy this series is over, honestly. Yeah, no more bashing of the Montreal Canadiens, at least for a few more months. Um, were we just sticking up for the Montreal Canadiens after Kucherov's comments? I think we were sticking up for the Montreal Canadiens. Not the Canadiens. I was sticking up for the fan base. Fans actually cheering for their team. That's what I was sticking up for. Because, okay, you know, like you're start. allowed to cheer for your team. In whatever fashion you want. If you want to fucking paint your dick red, white, and blue <laughs> because you're proud because you're a proud Canadians fan, then go for it. You know, like that's that's your you know, you're entitled to do that. I'm not asking I'm not actually advocating you do that, but that you're just not, means you're, you're, not you're you prideful. Should, you should, you're prideful. You should paint your dick red, white, and blue. No. no. Okay. Uh yeah, no, this, uh, you know, congrats, whatever the fuck, to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like, good for you for winning your second Stanley Cup with a team that's, what, $25 million over the cap? Good for you. You cheated the system and it worked out for you. Like, I don't know. Congratulations on your... You're going to have another cup parade where the same people show up and don't know, can't name probably five players on your team. Like, congratulations. I don't know. Yeah, the Leafs should just go for broke and get McDavid and Drysidle and the Leafs should put them on long term so IR. Saying, you keep saying this Leafs team. I'm I'm not sure. Just acquire them, put them on long term IR, reactivate them in the playoffs, and then that's how you do it. Apparently, that's, that, that's, that's how you win a Stanley Cup. That's just how you win it. Fucking cheat the system. Keep all your healthy players out. Put them on long term injured reserve and make the playoffs, and then fucking just destroy everyone with all these players that have been healthy this entire time. Congratulations, yeah, well-rested. Yeah, exactly. Congratulations. You're a cheating team. They are the definition is as if you're not cheating, you're not trying. So, Houston Astros, Tampa Bay Lightning, same category. Same category. And it's, yeah, no, 
Kucherov's comments after the game has made me even more mad about this. Who like who thought it was a good idea to put this man behind a mic at any point? You know, like he didn't even have a fucking shirt on. No, like Jesus, man. God damn it! I'd rather see Pat Maroon in front of a fucking microphone. Hey, Pat Maroon's a beauty, though. Oh, I hate that guy so much. You do? He just won his third Stanley Cup in a row. He won it with St. Louis. That's right. And then he got traded to Tampa. They won their Stanley Cup. This is his third Stanley Cup in a row. Fuck he's, that guy. He's the Pat McCaw of hockey. He's li- literally the Patrick <laughs> McCaw of the NHL. Yeah, fuck that guy. Um, yeah, but we're in for a lot of a lot more drunken Tampa Bay Lightning players in in the news coming up because they're probably still drinking today and they're going to be drinking for probably the rest of the week. All Especially right. Pat Maroon. Looking forward to a good off season here. I'm sure we're going to see some moves happening this off season. Yeah, I think so. I think hopefully some teams blow it up and we have a more interesting off season than we did Stanley Cup final. Let's say that. All right, next week we're going to have a lot to talk about. We're going to have the the UFC fight, we're going to have the Euro Cup final. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a fun show next week. So tune in. But thank you so much folks for tuning in this week. Yeah, you guys have a good week. We'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Shoot Your Thought podcast. 